Next on BYU Sports Nation, uniformity within BYU football. Black, royal, navy, white, and what else? What would you create? BYU football celebrating the 20-year anniversary of the 96. BYU football team receiver Kaipo McGuire makes his show debut to reminisce. Plus, running back Squally Canada joins us in Studio B. His expectations for 2016 and Bronson Kafusi inks his NFL contract. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing it live like we do every weekday. BYU Sports Nation and Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, June 15th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in, we're glad to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with, let me get this right, a publicist for the Learfield Sports Directors Cup, Jerem Jordan. I am not, but BYU is in that. Where are they in that, and what is it? We will tell you coming up. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is right now first. You are the publicist. Great uh, the Learfield Sports Directors Cup was established in 1743 uh, with King Louis. <laughs> no, it's a uh, competition among all the athletic departments in the United States of America. I don't believe there's any Canadian teams. Where you get points for each sport uh, of how you finish that year. So BYU's had a good year. Women's golf finished, right, in the NCAA championships. You get X amount of points for that. Blah, blah, blah. Football, men's basketball, all the sports. All the NCAA sports. BYU is traditionally the best non-Power 5 team in the country in that. Does that trend continue this year? We'll tell you where they rank coming up. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football announcing a blackout game against Utah State on November 26th. Black uniforms back for the first time in a couple of years. They also have asked fans to wear white versus Boise State. No. Oh, at Boise State on October 20th? They want BYU fans to wear white on the road? Yeah, I don't know. Because that's happening with Royal Blue jerseys at Utah. On September 10th. So this is a new thing? Confusion reigns. I don't know. But the, <laughs> but the black unis are awesome. I thought that the Learfield sports thing was in the headlines. I forgot it's not. BYU's <laughs> number 27. <laughs> no, you could have saved it for the Cougar Whip round, no, I guess. No, let's not save it an hour. Come on. That's too deep of a sell. Okay. okay. We're going right. to tease you, but we're not going to tease you for an hour. Okay. 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 Yeah. okay. Bronson Kofusi signed his rookie contract with the Baltimore Ravens. It's a four-year deal contract. Details are unknown, but I hope that at least one chapel will be funded by that tithing. BYU baseball signee Peyton Henry expected to sign a contract with the Milwaukee Brewers, who drafted him in the sixth round of the Major League Baseball draft. He's going to get paid a lot of money, and I think there are some incentives for him to get school paid for as well in that deal. So uh, it'd be hard to turn that down. Yeah, that's a bummer. BYU uh, signed a kid that is good enough to just go straight to the pros. So that's great for him. Uh, It would have been great to have him at BYU, but we wish him the best of luck. BYU baseball's Colton Shaver was the Cape Cod League Player of the Week after averaging, uh, batting 750 over his first three games. 750? He he went 0 for 3 yesterday, so he's down to 500. (laughs) Like He's playing really well so far. It's early. But in the uh, Cape Cod League. Attaboy, Colton Shaver. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Football uniformity. BYU football, as we just told you, announced this morning a blackout for the final game of the 2016 season against Utah State. 
The black uniforms will return for the first time since November of 2014 against UNLV. You know, it's funny. Yesterday I said, no mention of black uniforms, so I guess they're not doing it. And then this morning, boop, black uniforms. So, yeah, um, no mention of uh, royal blue helmets uh, this year, so I guess not happening. Along with the royal blue and traditional Navy options, this presents another alternate for the Cougars. However you feel about it, in this day and age, college athletes, millennials specifically, have fully embraced the look good, feel good, feel good, play good mentality in Division I football. They're high maintenance and expensive. But man, it's fun to have options, right? Just yeah. to mix things up. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love the alternate uni things. Like, this is not the 1950s in elementary school where uh, teachers whip the kids and you wear a single uniform, okay? This is 2016. This is college football. It's supposed to be fun. There's a, there's a style to the game. There's a fashionista element, right? So it's fun. It's fun when BYU can throw the alternate uniforms out of there. Get out there. Guess what? A high school kid cares more about uniforms than you'd think. When you're being recruited, is it a Nike school? Check. Do you have alternate uniforms that are fun and different? Check. Yes, that's awesome. And the fans, guess what? You can earn some money for the school by buying the gear. You know what I mean? Like, So it's profitable for everyone. Fans enjoy it. The school can make some money. In America, we can't just have M&Ms no. and peanut M&Ms. You got to have peanut butter M&M's, crispy M&M's, pretzel M&M's, dark chocolate M&M's, white chocolate M&M's, mega peanut M&M's, almond M&M's. It's out of control. I didn't even know mega peanut (laughs) M&M's existed until this moment. Isn't that funny? Wow. Okay. It's not funny. That's real life. It's innovation, and it's our reality for sure. So, I mean, should we be that surprised at BYU and even tradition-rich college football programs like Notre Dame and Ohio State? are embracing alternate uniforms. I think USC is getting last names on the unis for the first time in a while or something, right? It's, it's just a different era. So it's fun that BYU can have the black unis, the royal unis, the navy unis, the white unis. We know of at least four different colored shirt, uh, shirts or jerseys that BYU will wear this season. We don't know all the combos with the pants and whatnot, but generally on the road you wear a white shirt. Uh, and then at home you wear a navy shirt. So BYU mixing it up, they're going to have a royal shirt at Utah. They're going to have a black shirt. All black uh, against Utah State. I love it. Admittedly, I was a little bit weirded out by the black uniforms when they were first introduced. Oh I, no, I loved it, dude. Because you out? well, just because I'm, you know, I was like, oh, it's kind of breaking away from tradition. But I've totally come around to this. It's one thing to go with a whole new look the whole season. It's another just to throw a change one game up. here throw, and there. Listen, be a pitcher. Don't just throw a fastball every yeah. time. Predictable. Embrace throw, throw the slider, innovation. Throw curve. Throw change up occasionally. Embrace the mega peanut M and M. No. <laughs> We're asking all of you to embrace innovation and get creative with our Twitter question today. What new uniform combination would you create for BYU's 2016 season? So we're asking you to be innovative in this. There's been some great responses using the hashtag BYUSN. At Shane Bleeds Blue, black helmet, royal blue top, black pants. Okay, so that's a blackout essentially with the royal blue shirt. Interesting. See, that's that's kind of weird for me to think about that because I, I that's know, so is, off the norm. I'm, yeah, that, that's out there. It is. But 
I like what Oregon does. I really do. Are there a gajillion combos and it's like, is it excessive? Absolutely. But why not? You know what I mean? At Still Team Riley, Oregon-esque, silver pants, royal jersey with silver numbers, mm. silver helmet with royal Sailor Coog logo. Okay. Okay, that sounds similar to what I'm going with. Okay. This. Here's what I say. Dark gray matted jerseys. Okay, BYU has never done this, but you see like Baylor does it a lot, right? Dark gray. W- with white claws <laughs> on the shoulders, a la the wings of Oregon. All right? Uh, on Angel's Wings, royal blue trim on the front and back, mm-hmm. which is kind of been the case with, with the black. But remember, this is like dark gray matted. Black helmet with the Sailor Coog logo. Who there's, is this team? There's been a lot of <laughs> – the Fighting Brighams. There's been a lot of love for the Sailor Coog logo. By the way, possible accessories include royal blue bib, maybe, if you want. Or royal blue cleats. Would you? Okay, serious question. <laughs> would you? Bibs, would you be okay with like a return to the bibs for one, one game? game. Like would be one hilarious game. Kalani Sataki played with the bibs. Like one year, he was with the bib. He had the bibs on. Like a and Thursday, they, they a Thursday t- night game, throwback Thursday. They bring awesome. back the bibs. It would be for awesome. One game. If they went to like a steakhouse after, and they just kept the jersey on and ate ribs. Like it, you just lift it up. What are those uniforms go. that the uh, the Steelers wear with the tan pants and then like the bumblebee black and yellow oh. jerseys? They're so From ugly. Twenties like or thirties. They're so ugly. Now that is but, ugly. But would you be okay with it for one game? If it were BYU and the Royal and the, the Bib jerseys. The Royal Bibs. The Royal Bibs. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, just because it'd be so weird and funny. Holy cow. For me, I saw this morning a Royal Blue Stretch Y helmet that I absolutely Dope. fell in love with. Yes. White top, Royal Blue Stretch Y helmet, and Royal Blue bottoms with white socks and Royal Blue cleats. I, I just I love clean. That's pretty, yeah, that is clean. Super it, clean. Yeah. I also kind of like the ice gray option. You like dark gray? I like the ice the gray. Ice gray. It's just that, like the Seattle Seahawks gray uniforms, that ice gray. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I want some gray. I want yes. some gray. With one game. With royal blue accents and the royal blue helmet. Okay. I, I like the idea. I love the idea of the royal blue helmet, by the way. Oh, yes. Let's go, man. Mm hmm. And let's go back to the Twitter machine to get more of your ideas. It's Twitter time. <laughs> Hold on. The NFL just retweeted the Steelers, and it says, for the fifth straight season, we will wear our 1934 throwback <laughs> uniform. Like, that just happened. That just happened. Oh, wow. We are on the same wavelength as the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL. That's funny. That's really funny. Our Twitter question today, what new uniform combination would you create for BYU's 2016 season at TwinGuy33? And they just moved the tweet down. That was you, Jerem. A medium gray color top and pants with royal numbers and royal lines down the pant sides. Helmets gray with a royal Y. A gray helmet. Okay. I'm not opposed to that. A gray helmet? It's not like my number one choice. It just doesn't pop. To... It doesn't pop. Yeah. I want the it, helmet well, to pop. Well, if the gray helmet matches like the gray unis, now we're in business. Okay. Use the hashtag BYUSN at wise underscore guy. Not new. Going back to old. Bring back 96 digs. I love Why these uniforms. sleeve plus black trim were awesome. I did like the black trim Royal in the late 90s. With black trim and, yeah, the Y on the sleeves. Listen, it was cool. It's the 20-year anniversary. Wouldn't it be fun if there was some ode to that team? That was the first year that I remember really liking Nike and BYU. Hmm. They were Nike-produced 
jerseys. I was really hoping that Fila would be the uh, the school of choice, the brand of choice. At Nick Aletto. At Analetto, combat uniforms with royal blue camouflage and matte royal helmets. Like a cam- a camo game would be awesome. And I don't know, you could put like Tradition Spirit Honor or something on the back. <laughs> no, nobody. No. Oh, we don't want to. We don't want to do that. Bronco Mendenhall just twitched somewhere. Uh, right now, the team pulls me outside. They go, uh, we, we don't. Uh, we don't want to do that, Bronco. I mean, Jerem. <laughs> that was funny. That whole day was holy cow. Funny. Saw a uniform uh, with Taysom Hill. Just he was wearing number four. He's going to wear number seven this year. Yeah, but it was his number four jersey with him turned around and on the back instead of his name, it just said "Beat Utah." <laughs> <sighs> too true. Uh, at Googs fifty three, black helmets, black jerseys, and white pants with royal stripes. I want to get royal in this summer. Let's talk about this for a second, the, the whole Royal thing, okay? This coaching staff has said that they are going to use Royal, right? It's not going to be the primary color. BYU is not switching back to Royal right now. Right now. I don't know, I don't know if in the future they'll go, they'd go back to it because that's a pretty wholesale change. You're actually talking about probably millions of dollars for that switch. Um, so it's school-wide. Yeah. Um, but Bronco Mendenhall came in, and he said – I need the stretch Y um, to succeed. They, th- in fact, he was asked that question because the logo changed. Again, millions of dollars when the logo changes. Merchandise, branding, signage, all this stuff. And he's, uh, the, the question was asked to Bronco, do you need this to succeed as a, as a football team? And he said, yes. yes. Was that necessarily true? No. But it, it, BYU rebranded back to the old school, and it meant something, right? They burned those helmets. Uh, you know, they sit in the stadium. Like, that meant something. So, BYU is going to use Royal in different ways. It's not going to be the primary color, though. At JCKSNB, keep regular home and away. Alternate Royal Blue, White Pants, White Helmet with Sailor Cougar in Rome, or Royal Blue Chrome. Yeah. I, I just want, yeah, I want some jersey combos. I don't need it to be Oregon or even Boise State, which is pretty wild. But I would love just a couple of games because guess what? At the end of the year against Utah State, let's say BYU is uh, six and five or seven and four. You have something to look forward to at the end of the season associated with that game. Now I hope that BYU's record is better than that, and it could be. But the colors create something else. They add a layer to that game. Layers are good. Okay, now here is one that's out there at Ty Scott Jensen. I think pink with the royal blue would be pretty okay, cool. Okay, come ha-ha. on, man. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Well, BYU the last couple of years at home has had at least one game where they had pink gloves, pink socks, pink, uh, you know, uh, armbands, that kind of deal. It, we, it, it won't. It won't work with the the black as much. <laughs> we love the options. I'm seeing yes. a trend of alternate helmets. People want an alternate helmet. Alternate helmets is the next step, dude. It really is. And as long as tan is not involved in this, I'm all for it. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us on BYU Sports Nation. We will have more of your tweets on the way. You are designing uniforms for BYU. What would you put in that locker room for the Cougars? And the 2016 season. Up next, Kaipo McGuire, receiver from the great 1996 BYU football team, joins us. How much does he remember about the Cotton Bowl, especially after that hit and that 14 win season? 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And you know, use the hashtag BYUSN. Football Media Day is two weeks from tomorrow. That's coming up quick. Check out uh, lots of programming, namely the BYU Sports Nation two-hour special at noon Eastern time. Head coach Kalani Satake, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and more will be on that show as well. A state of the program, a 1996 episode. Uh, we will we will uh, have uh, like a post game show to that for that show. 96 team. So that 96 team is going to get two hours of uh, of ode to them. Which the more we've kind of conversed, the more we're realizing. Listen, that 84 team is the undefeated national champs. They might not be the best team in BYU football yeah, history, which is crazy. That's a conversation that could extend an entire week. We Re- might, really. we might, we might just do that on the show. <laughs> just one week is like, who's the best team? The, the whole week, the greatest team in BYU football history. Bring on people from all those teams. Yeah, that sounds like a fun week. We just had a brainstorm on the air <laughs> together. <laughs> Our Twitter kind question today: you. What yeah. new uniform combination would you create for BYU's 2016 season? We have. A ton of responses coming in. Continue to send those tweets in. We will be joined by Kaipo McGuire, receiver from the 1996 BYU football team, speaking of that 20-year anniversary show, uh, in just a few minutes on BYU Sports Nation to ask him some questions about what he remembers. And I wonder, I wonder if he thinks the 96 team was the best. Now, let, let's begin that topic while we wait for Kaipo here. Because 1983, Steve Young Sr., they lost one game by four. The first game of the Baylor. season. And then they won the rest of the games. They won 11 in a row. Two of their wins were against teams that finished in the top 20 on the road. Yeah, at UCLA, I at Air Force. that has not happened in any other year in BYU football history where you won twice against a team and they were on the road. That finished in the top they 20. They finished ranked number seven, and speaking of BYU that year, yes. in the AP poll. And, and that sets up 84. BYU went from seventh to unranked going into that season because Robbie Bosco was the quarterback, and no one knew what But they do. were on the radar, so when they beat Pittsburgh, yes. it was like, oh, BYU's back at it again. Because Pitt, Pitt was number three. Pitt went on to win, like, three games that year. Yeah, Pitt had a they rough stunk. year. But, but at the time, it was good. Like, the BYU win over Oklahoma in 2009, BYU injured Sam Bradford. That changes the season for Oklahoma. They still, I, I believe, win seven five. or eight games. Yeah, yeah eight, eight games. Five. But the when BYU goes and beats you, that can change the season. Ninety six opens up against Texas A&M. What are they? Thirteenth, fifteenth yes, in the country. Thirteenth. They finish unranked, right? BYU ruined Texas A&M season. The only team that BYU's really beaten that was really good that finished really good was Miami. Was ranked number one at the time. They finished number three. But that ninety six team to me, that was a reemergence of the program because Ty Detmer had brought BYU back out of the late eighties doldrums, right? And then all of a sudden, in 90, BYU's ranked as high as fourth. They, they lose to Hawaii and Texas A&M to, to finish the 90 season. But then 96, Spencer, was the beginning of the next best team in BYU football history. And to me, that's the last great BYU football team. 06 was awesome, 11-2, lost a game by three and in double overtime. And then 2001 started 12-0, but Luke Staley got hurt. BYU gets blown out by Hawaii and they get beaten by Louisville. 96 was the last great team in BYU football history, in my opinion. And why would people say, okay, why, why would people say that 96 didn't beat anybody because look what they did at the end of the season? I've heard that argument. Listen, well, they didn't, they didn't play anybody. Texas A&M was a bad team after they beat them in the open. 
they beat a ranked Wyoming team in the WAC championship, and they beat number 14 Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl. Listen, the fact that they got to a New Year's Day game should carry some weight, okay? You talk about the great, and it's a different era, BYU, but BYU got to a New Year's game. They've only been to one ever! And there's tons of confusion in the rhetoric, by the way. Everyone's like, the 96 Cotton Bowl, that was actually in 97. It was January because 1st, Because that's 97. the only time... BYU's played a game in the next year, right? <laughs> and that was a huge game, and BYU won that in dramatic fashion. Those guys made plays. They had tons of NFL guys. When you have two NFL tight ends, not one, but two on the team, Atula Mealy, Chad Lewis, we looked at this this morning. The 96 team did not have a 1,000-yard rusher or receiver. They had so many options. Crazy the amounts. The list goes on. Kaipo McGuire, who will join us shortly, Kale Kalalui. James Dye, Ben Cahoon was on that team. Chad Lewis, Atula Mealy, Brian McKenzie. Johnson, the Moose. The Moose. <laughs> yeah, Dustin. Mark Atawaya ran for 300 yards oh, that year. Oh, man. Ronnie he, Jenkins. Ronnie Jenkins and James Dye were on the same team. Kick returners. Ronnie Jenkins played in the NFL. He transferred to Northern Arizona, played in the NFL. Brian, Brian McKenzie ran for 950. Ronnie Jenkins, 733. Steve Sarkeesian passes for 4,000. 33 touchdowns, 12 picks. Woo! That, and then, do you want to talk about the defense of that team? The defense of that team was really good as well. Shane Muirbrook sets an NCAA record in the Cotton Bowl. Most sacks. They didn't keep, well, they didn't keep bowl stats until, I think, around then. Tim McTire, NFL cornerback. Uh, the, guy, the guy we're hoping to talk to soon, Kaipo McGuire, played in the NFL. He played a couple <laughs> games in the NFL as well. And to me, he's like the third or fourth best option receiving on that team. And he played in the NFL. Chad Lewis, all pro. All pro. Brad, Brad Martin, rest in peace, uh, linebacker. Henry Bloomfield, Chris Ellison, Eddie Sampson, Omar Morgan, Brian Frisch, who played in the NFL as well. 96 was legit. I'm not was di- it the best, though? I'm not was discount- it the best? It's hard to argue against like an undefeated team, right? You play who you play, and then you go from there. But listen, you play Texas A&M, you beat a ranked Wyoming team, and you beat Kansas State. You beat two big eight teams at the time. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Who did, like, who did 84? And now your one loss is to Washington. How did Washington finish? I don't even want to know because it's going <laughs> to make me angry. It's going to make it up. me I'm angry. I'm looking it up. What do you think? What do you th- oh, they were pretty good. What do you think? Eight and four. Nine and three ranked 16th. Oh, so that's a good Washington okay, team. Okay, and it was that's, at Washington. That's the one loss in Seattle. I believe Kaipo McGuire lives in the Seattle area. Does he have bad feelings? <laughs> Does he have bad feelings about that team and oh, living there? That was a good team, man. Jim Lambright, nine and three. Yeah, they we need to do second, this. Second in the uh, pack. We we pack, need to do uh, this, and we need to bring on panelists and have this conversation, want, yeah. and, and members from each of these teams to discuss, like. What is the greatest BYU football team in history? Okay, we're having this conversation anyways. Okay. Uh, 96, 83, 84. To me, those are the top two. What about 80? For another day. Maybe 80? 80. Maybe 80. McMahon, they're 12-1. and one. The Miracle Bowl. Good grief. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Kaipo McGuire, standout receiver from that 1996 BYU football team, also played in the professional ranks. Kaipo, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? We are fantastic. Uh, 20 years. Can you believe that it's been 20 years since you played on that team that won 14 games? Well, when 
I look in the mirror and see some wrinkles? Yes, 20 years. <laughs> I can, yes, it's been a long time. <laughs> we were just discussing the merits of that 96 team and how special that season was. Um, the 84 team, considered by many the greatest team in BYU football history, but where do you think you guys fit? Where does that 96 team fit in BYU football history? Well, I would have to say second. In my heart, we're number one, but uh, national championship speaks for itself. I w- was listening and all the talent we had, and, you know, that, that's for a different debate, but 84 team is the best team. Why do you say that? Well, they won the national championship. It uh, doesn't matter uh, what the circumstances were. They won every game that they played, and um, that's what mattered. Nowadays, it's a very, very different system. I follow that, and I have some extreme biases that we can talk about some other time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that was the system then, and they proved it on the field, and um, they are the best team. Kyle McGuire with us on BYU Sports Nation, making his show debut 20 years since he helped BYU to a 14-1 and record in uh, – 1996, one of the greatest BYU football teams ever. Kaipo, what do you remember most about the 96 season? Well, what I remember most is what I don't remember for getting hit in the cotton bowl, <laughs> which I know is going to come up. But, uh, <laughs> no, what, what I remember is I think we had something special even uh, preseason and all through that summer. We knew that we had a lot of talent coming back, a lot of new guys coming in. We knew um, – like Ronnie Jenkins was coming in, Brian McKenzie. And we knew once we got another corner in Omar Morgan, we can do so much more defensively. Um, just kind of had that special feel. People stuck around. We worked out. And um, I think it all showed that season. I'm seeing some quick feet from you on some highlights we're showing on uh, BYU TV. I forgot how, how quick those feet could move, man. What was that like in 96 to be able to, uh, to, be able to uh, have the season you had? Well, when you're uh, you talk about quick feet, when you're five nothing, hundred nothing, you're you're afraid of a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you need to run very fast. It was out of fear. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite memory? I mean, I know there are so many good ones in that '96 season, but do you have do you have a favorite memory that stands above the rest? I would say Texas A&M, only because they came in uh, highly ranked and. Um, their defense was known as the Wrecking Crew, and they tried to play as press man, and Sark just shredded them. Um, I believe Kale and I, we both had over 150 yards receiving, or give or take, and James Dye. Everybody just had a phenomenal game. And um, I think what stood out most is we kind of – it set the stage for the rest of the season. That was one. And number two, just that they would – the people there, when we had like a pregame – uh, meetings, if you will, with the other team, they gave us zero respect. And um, that's kind of a theme that you hear of when we played K-State in the Cotton Bowl as well. Uh, people didn't take us serious, and so we, we kind of took that too hard. In the Cotton Bowl, uh, you got knocked out of the game, uh, obviously a concussion. Uh, you already referenced it, but take us through that play, and then I ha- I've never heard from you after the game like what you could remember going back or what that experience was like. It's it's kind of a unique situation. Um, I, I study a lot of psychology, and again, that's for a whole different uh, <laughs> conversation. But I, basically, I was dragging across the field, and um, Sarkeesian threw it a little behind and high behind um, to me. Reached for it, and uh, in today's game, that would be a, a foul. Um, those hits are not, you know, allowed these days. 
in, in my day, yes, 20 years ago, um, that was just a good hit. So um, I can't remember his name, but the safety there, they took me out. It was Mario yeah. Smith. I Mario haven't forgotten. Smith. I, yeah, I've, I have nightmares. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it was just a play, and it happens. It was part of the game. Um, from my perspective, it, it was just a great hit. Again, in today's game, it would, it would not be allowed. But um, I, I think that uh, the next play we scored, and uh, we held him with Omar's big pick at the end there, and I was not there mentally to celebrate. Otherwise, that would probably be my best memory. Of <laughs> 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 so, um, but but it, it was great. That that game was big time. It was a big time, uh, big time atmosphere. They had they dominated the stands. But uh, at the end of the day, we came out with the victory. So, what do you remember? about that and and what was that like when i mean how long before you kind of came to i came through when uh when i was taking a shower so i remember nothing i don't even remember that play i remember previous play um which i guess i can't remember exactly what it was but i do remember <laughs> the previous play um then from there i just remember taking a shower and that was it major just a really bad headache and um so whatever time elapsed, I don't know, maybe half an hour or so, I have zero recollection. And it's kind of hard to parse out what exactly I do and don't remember because most of it is people telling me what I've said. <laughs> and, um, so I am going to apologize to my coaches, staff, and all of Cougar Nation because I probably said things that I regret. <laughs> um, we'll just leave it at that. Didn't you catch the ball? <laughs> I they called it an incomplete pass. Um, I'm not sure if there was if there would replay in today's. I'm not sure if I had possession because I was still in the air when I got hit. So um, the older I get, you, you heard this term before. The older I get, the better I was. So in my mind, I caught. The yes, ball. you caught the ball. You tell everybody, <laughs> yeah, but I held on to it. How many people can say that? Absolutely. <laughs> so, I'm going with that. Kaipo McGuire with us on BYU Sports Nation. Kaipo, uh, obviously BYU fans are invested in what you're doing and and what kind of ties you have to the BYU football program still. So how much how much time do you have in your professional life now, whatever that is, uh, to follow BYU football? Well, a lot. Every single day. Um, and I know this is going out. Um, I'm a commission officer in the Air Force. Um, as you alluded to earlier, played played professional for a few years, actually five years. Then um, got commissioned in the Air Force. Uh, right now I'm based out of Tucson, Arizona. But every day I follow BYU sports, particularly football, every single day. Now I'm going to get myself in trouble because I look on government computers, but it's okay. <laughs> I can justify it. Um, but I follow you guys. I follow uh, particularly one. Uh, I go to Cougar Fan pretty much every single day and uh, kind of keep, keep tabs on on former players, um, you know, even even like our last uh, coaching staff, Mark Atuai, all those guys. I become a fan of whomever touched the BYU program. Um, I'm a huge supporter. It usually goes to the next question of, oh, what did you serve a LDS mission? And the answer is no, because I'm not LDS. Um, but I will quote something, and th- this is just kind of um, how much I support and love the program. Mark Atuaya, former running back coach there, said, you are the only non-LDS missionary I know. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's how much I love the program and love the people and all that, and I, every single day. 
Kaipo, fantastic stuff. Uh, we certainly appreciate the time and the look back at 96, and I look forward to a crossing pass with you uh, in the very near future. Hey, guys, thanks a lot. appreciate all that you do. And uh, to Cougar Nation out there, uh, keep on supporting the Cougars. And uh, I'm excited for this year. Kalani and company is going to do an awesome job. You got it, man. Take care, Kaipo. Thanks. You take care. Kaipo McGuire on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We just scratched the surface on the stories there. I'm, I like, want to ask him so many questions yeah. about that 96 team and even that game. But that's just a taste, okay? So two weeks and one day from today, 1996 Revisited on BYU Football Media Day. It's going to be great. 20 years. He said, I've got some wrinkles in my face. So, yeah, it does feel like 20 (laughs) years now. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, how about somebody on the current roster from that running back core? Squally Canada in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's going to get some yards this year. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I was excited about Football Media Day, I think a lot. Um, I'm way more excited after talking to Kaipo McGuire because state of the program is going to be great. Uh, the current you know, team on BYU Sports Nation, that's going to be fun as well. The 1996 Revisited program is the one I'm looking forward to the most. That's on Football Media Day. It's two weeks from tomorrow. I believe the earliest Football Media Day of any team in the country, BYU. On BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let's get it started the right way. And refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines as well. BYU football announcing a blackout game against Utah State on November 26th. They also have asked fans to wear white on the road against Boise State on October 20th. Brunson Kafusi signed his rookie contract with Baltimore Ravens. It's a four-year contract. Uh, other details are unknown. BYU baseball signee Peyton Henry expected to sign this afternoon with the Milwaukee Brewers after being drafted by that Major League Baseball franchise in the sixth round out of Pleasant Grove High School. And Colton Shaver was the Cape Cod League Player of the Week after batting 750 last week in three games. Is that good? Yes, this just in, it is good. (laughs) Okay. Joining us now, second guest of the day, but first in Studio B, and another guy making his... Show debut in studio, Squally Canada. Squally, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Man, thanks for happen, having me. I'm glad to be here, man. The swag level has just gone significantly up <laughs> That's right, in man. Studio B. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the relaxed whack, athlete whack. <laughs> <laughs> but a year and a half ago, uh, I was giving you and your dad and I think some of the coaching staff a tour, and, and here we are. You had dreads then. Yep, yeah. I had dreads, man. You know, I was the BYU honor crew goes. You can't have a hair past your ears or touching your shoulders, so you know how to get rid of the dreads. Yeah. But I do miss them, though. Yeah, how tough, how tough was that, man? Oh, dude, I remember snipping the first dread uh, on my couch. I was looking at my mom. She just starts laughing. Tears are streaming down Squally's face. Man, it was rough. I saved the dreads, though. I, I, you had the dreads. I had, not with me, but they're back at home. I told my mom to keep them. There you go. I'm going to throw them away. Oh, yeah. Got to keep the dreads. Absolutely. Squally Canada with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's always interesting when you talk to a transfer about uh, the school that they find they feel like is a better fit. So, I mean, you started at Washington State, you come to BYU, you have to get rid of your dreads and take on the honor code. So why why was it that you wanted to come to BYU? Well, there was a lot going into it. Um, my friend Kahari uh, was committed here, and, you know, he called me up and was like, yo, uh, come to BYU. And I was like, um, I never even heard of BYU because, you know, growing up I didn't watch a lot of – college football or football at all in general. But um, he was like, yeah, man, it's a great program. You know, I really like the coaching staff. Uh, come be a part of the team. So I sent them my, um, my papers, and within minutes, um, 
I forgot his name. I think it was Jeff. Jeff Martin. Yeah, Jeff Martin. Mm-hmm. He he recruited me at BYU. I mean, from uh, Boise State. So he remembered who I was, and we just got the ball rolling from there. But yeah, it was it was definitely difficult, especially with the honor code and kind of my dreads. But then after a long talk, sitting down with my dad, he's all, oh, "This would be good for you. It's going to make you a better man off the field." And you can always grow your hair back. <laughs> so that's right. That's, that's how right. it came about. And yeah. next thing you know, I'm here. And and I believe that uh, was Mike Mike Leach was the coach, right? Yeah, he was. I, I believe that since he attended BYU, he was uh, helpful in some way in this. Like certain schools, no, but okay, BYU's fine. Uh, I, I mean, that's a touchy subject because okay. he was. Uh, he had they had the way the release goes up there with his rules is. Um, like you can't go to a, a team that that they're gonna play in the near future. Sure. And then you can't go to, so I couldn't go to anywhere in the Pac-12 conference. And then from there he could decide and like what teams he wants you to go to and block you from. So it, it's it was weird. So I I don't I don't think he probably saw BYU as a threat or anything, which is bad on his part. So <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I sent him the lease. Uh, uh, I put BYU on the paper and. He was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, go to BYU. I didn't even know BYU was his uh, alma mater until I went on Twitter and fans were tweeting about it, and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even know he was LDS. So, he, uh, uh, it's, it's LDS-ish. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Worlds colliding, for sure. <laughs> Squally Canada here with us in Studio B. Uh, off-season now, and this is what, Jeremy, and I feel like the most compelling off-season in BYU football history just because of all of the coaching changes and the new offense and the Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer coming back mm. and all of these former players that excelled here coming back to coach this BYU team. So it's like we hit the reset button. How has the off-season been for you when you came here expecting one thing and now it's something entirely different? Uh, it's, it's been a grind, you know. It's been a big difference between the strength coaches as well. And uh, speaking of strength coaches, I just want to give a big shout-out to them, Coach New, uh, Coach Jess, Coach AJ, and uh, the assistant coaches working with them. But um, adjusting-wise, I would think it's better. Ty Denver's coming in with a different offense. It's coming in with the pro-style offense. And uh, I think that fits my run style and Jamal's run style better as well. But everything's been great. The coaches are great. Reno's great. He's a funny guy. Uh, Coach, is he? T- <laughs> tell me, tell me, you tease him, Squally. Oh, the running back room gets. There, there's a lot of jokes going on there. Well, you know, we get serious, but when it's time to joke around and joke, you know, uh, people get flamed up. They get torched real bad. Reno gets torched. <laughs> me and uh, Jamal torch Reno all the time. You know, he tortures us back, but it, it gets, it gets. Gets bad in there. So nobody's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your name. Um, what's your given name, and then how did the nickname of Squally come about? Um, yeah, I'm not. I can't give out my real name. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, that's that's confidential. <laughs> okay. uh, it's not on your bio. I, it's not on my bio. Yeah. So shout out to those guys. Um, <laughs> So I'm pretty sure you guys could end up finding it on the internet. It's not oh, that we'll hard. Find it. You can find. You <laughs> we'll definitely find, find it. it. It's not hard. Come on. No, nothing's a secret anymore. But um. So, Squally, where does Squally come from? First of all, Canada is my real last name. That's not a fake name. Um, Squally, and you're American. I'm definitely American. Okay, just checking. So, um, when I was a kid, I, I, the story's always, you're going to hear a switch, but it's best just to hear it from my dad. I'm pretty sure. You don't even know the story? I know the story. I, for, I always forget it, though. Well, I mean, he, I don't know. Uh, at the spring game, somebody asked him. So, whoever whoever that uh, guy was that asked him and wrote it down, he has the story. 
like the exact story. The reporter, yeah, That's reporter. Him. So I don't know if you guys can hunt that guy down, but um, <laughs> so what? What I believe it is where it came from was they set me down on the table, and uh, I used to watch the trees out in the front yard, and I guess it was like squall trees or something like mm-hmm. that. And I guess one day he just came home and was like, "You look like a little squally," and I was and. I wasn't too young to even know what it was. Mm-hmm. At first, it was boo squalling. So from time to time, you heard my parents call me boo squalling. But as I got older, they dropped the boo and just kept the squalling. So that's that's how it came about. Your dad, Byron, yeah. told the story to the Salt Lake Tribune. Mm, you found it. Yeah. Wow. Found it. The internet, bro. <laughs> nothing nothing <laughs> right, safe. Right here, man. You found his name, too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see you. We see all. If Squally Canada had a nickel for every time someone asked him if Squally was really his first name, well, he would have a lot of nickels. That's the way the <laughs> article starts. Yeah. I think Jay Drew wrote that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking ahead to Arizona and to Utah after that and UCLA, loaded schedule in 2016. How do you feel about the slate of games that BYU has lined up as an independent football team moving into the first season under Kalani Satake? I feel it's great. It's a it's a great opportunity to showcase our uh, showcase our skills and show the country what we could do. Uh, this off season has been great. I feel like the team has been really bonded and picking up from last year. Not too many people left, so we have a lot of returning players. As you know, Taysom Hill came back. Um, Jamal's back. Tanner's back. Um, and, you know, we lost some receivers, Mitch Matthews, and, uh, Kurt Henderson, Devon Blackman. But um, the youngins coming up, the freshmen, that red shirter and whatnot that didn't play last year, they've been doing a great role of working hard and uh, learning the plays. So I feel like with the schedule coming up, I think we're ready for it. And nobody's backing down. You know, we're all in the weight room on the field pushing each other. So I, I, I'm ready. The team's ready. I think we're going to be ready. I think everything's going to go great this year. The Vegas Bowl was interesting because we were all excited that you got to play somehow, which was weird, right? Yeah. And then, and, and then the worst possible situation happens on your one carry. It's a fumble, right? Yeah, so a- how has that made you maybe a better running back, or how have you tried to put that behind you? Because that's not who you are, yeah. that one carry, right? Yeah, it's definitely not. So building up to that, I spent the whole season on scout team, you know, having fun. Paying the price. <laughs> you know, second year on scout team. So, you know, I built a lot of chemistry with those guys. And then um, they find out, they keep asking me, are you bowl eligible? Are you bowl eligible? I'm like, yeah, I'm bowl eligible, but I, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to play because, you know, I haven't done anything with this offense all year. And they were like, well, yeah, we want you to play. So I'm like, all right. So they bring me up uh, preparation for a bowl week, bowl weeks, I should say, two, three weeks. And um, I'm getting I'm getting reps, but I'm not getting, like, playing reps i'm getting like one or two reps here and there so when we get to vegas we get the reps and each day in practice i get one two one or two reps two at the most so i'm like okay i'm I'm not playing they just want to trick me like and bring me up <laughs> so we're in the game it's 28 yes yeah, 28 zero and i'm on the sideline i'm like there's no way i'm getting in this game so i'm automatically zoned out like yeah i'm not getting in this game so i'm sitting there just you know trying to cheer my teammates on next thing you know Squally, get out there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. So I'm jogging out there. I'm looking at the crowd. Everybody's like, you know, not cheering for me, but you could just hear the crowd and the chants or whatever. And I'm like, man, this is so real. And caught, I remember the play was Gray. So Gray is like, uh, it's an option. He could either, Tanner could either hand it off or throw the slant. So I'm like, oh, 
dang, so it's not even a for sure run. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, man, I got to really – I don't want to, like, pull the ball and then cause a fumble, and then I don't want to, like, not clamp down on the ball and, you know, fumble it. So he calls Gray. I remember him. I'm reading – I'm checking my reads, and I point out I point out to the middle linebacker because Tanner made a check, and that's the guy I got to pick up. So I get the ball, and I wasn't sure if he was pulling it away or giving it to me. But I went back and watched film. I take completely responsibility of that. Yeah, so I, I didn't clamp down on the ball all the way. As soon as I got the ball, somebody was in the backfield. Next thing you know, I'm on the ground, and I'm like, I don't even have the ball. This is bad news. This is bad news. And I, I, I know as soon as I got to the sideline, it was going to be over. There's no way they're ever going to put me in the game again. But in the off season, it's just been about mental toughness. Just like trying to get myself mentally right and yeah. and not worry about it. It's got to get you juiced about what's to come, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm excited. I can't I can't wait for the first game to redeem myself. Squally, great to have you in Studio B, man. Really entertaining conversation. We would like you to sign our stretch white flag if you'll give us your autograph. Uh, I don't even know what number I am. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Your name then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Squally yeah. will set it apart. Up next, back to the Olympic beat with Preston Jenkins. He's chasing an Olympic swimming dream. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Studio B. Check out the rebroadcast of the show if you miss it live in the AM or at noon on the East Coast on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Upcoming guests this week, uh, Colton Shaver will join us from the Cape Cod League. Terry Nashoff of BYU Men's Basketball. And Adam uh, Tyker, ESPN Chiefs reporter, will uh, weigh in on Mitch Matthews, how he's doing in Kansas City. What new uniform combination would you create for BYU's 2016 football season? That is our Twitter question today. At its a foe, Hammer says, love the all-royal combo. Hashtag there is no curse. Well, there might be a curse. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Enough of that. Joining us now, third guest of the day, very busy BYU Sports Nation, Preston Jenkins, standout swimmer for BYU. He is another of those talented swimmers at BYU chasing down an Olympic dream, headed to the Olympic trials. Preston, welcome to Studio B. Thanks. Happy to be here. Second Olympic trials. So now that you've done it and you're going back, what did you learn the first time that you can utilize this time? Uh, I learned first off not to psych myself out. Um, I think Scully was talking a little bit about that too. You know, it's his first time in the game. He's just like, oh, don't do this, don't do this. Um, and I was doing kind of the same thing first time around and didn't turn out too good. So I'm excited this time. So you uh, were in the Olympic trials, I believe, before your mission? I was, yeah. That's, that's pretty good, before your mission. So then you go on a mission. Where'd you go? I was in West Africa. West Africa. Okay, swimmers can't swim anyway, so it doesn't <laughs> matter where you go, I guess. Yeah. Um, what, what was it like this season to get back into... Uh, not just shape, but you can't go swimming at all for two years. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, going into the mission, you're always like, yeah, I'm going to work out every day. You know, I've got 30 minutes. I've got so many things I can do. <laughs> Sleep. Right? <laughs> Sleep. So, I did pretty good getting up on time on my mission, but as soon as I – so, I got, like, this, like, Muslim prayer mat because I was in West Africa. There's a lot of Muslims. And so, I did just, like, stretch and, like, to do some abs. First three months went, went really well, and then – Throughout the rest of my mission, I just <laughs> I get out there, I start stretching, and I just fall right back asleep. <laughs> You're tired, man. Yeah, no, seriously. So, yeah. getting back, um, first few months was pretty tough. Um, I was excited, thought about it a lot over two years. Tried not to, but kind of hard not to. Um, so, first few months was really tough. You know, just doing easy stuff, easy intervals, 
And by the end, of it, I'm still breathing hard, <laughs> you know, like we just done a hard set. So, but I think around January, February, I started really to get back into shape. And then past about two months, I've been feeling really good in practice. So 100 and 200 meter backstroke qualifier like Jake Taylor, which mm-hmm. is your best event, the 100 or the 200? Definitely the 200. Um, always has been, but my sprints have been feeling really, really good for about the past month. So I'm excited to see what can happen in the hundred as well. What, uh, what will it take in your opinion for you to, uh, qualify for the Olympics or is it just awesome to be there? It's awesome to be there. <laughs> it's an incredible environment. I mean, swimming in front of 15,000 people, that's the only meet where that happens. 15,000, 15,000 people. That's crazy. So they, it's, uh, that's at the century lake arena in Omaha. So they build up a pool from, from the bottom of the ground and it's, it's incredible. Um, what would it take for me to make the Olympic team? Probably the swim of my eternity. That's what. That's how I'd put it. I mean, there you go. yeah, lifetime wouldn't even really uh, <laughs> so, so qualify. Is this, is this so, building towards, like, in the, is this something you could build up to? Like, in four more years, you'd have a better shot maybe with more training and whatnot? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Olympians are a breed of their own. Mm. And so, because I... I trained on my club team in Florida with one guy that's already qualified and three guys that have a very no two guys that have already qualified and three guys that have a very good shot at qualifying for the for the US Olympic team. The other two guys were for Singapore and Canada. So I like I've spent quite a bit of time around that breed and A they have the talent. There's no doubt about it. You have to have the talent. But B you have to be the hardest worker in the world. Hmm. And so all these guys have it and I try to work hard. I do my best, but my talent and hard work can take me to a certain point. Which Olympic trials is nothing. That's man. legit. You know, That's still legit, small, man. but yeah, it's a big deal. Respect for you and for all BYU swimmers. <laughs> uh, we need you to sign our stretch Y flag, Preston. Um, we want the autograph of a guy that's waking up 5.30 every morning and <laughs> yeah. getting in the pool. Because it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Preston, great to have you on the show, man. Good luck. Thanks. Thank you. Head of the Olympic Trials, Century Link Arena in Omaha, Nebraska, can compete, going to compete in front of 15,000 I didn't realize that fans. many people watched that. Woo! Wow. We have a lot to do and not a lot of time coming back, including something we haven't done today, Jerem. You know what it is? Yes, I know what it is! <laughs> BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem, what should we do? Countdown to the Wildcats. 80 days away, sports. <laughs> that was the worst one we've ever done. I, I by the know. way, Kaipo McGuire was number 80. We've, we've had number a, 80. We've had a couple of Yeah, if we're going to do ones. BYU Sports Nation the musical, we have got to practice. How about, let's do that again. Can we do it again? Countdown <laughs> to the Wildcats. 80 days. Yeah, much we just, yeah, better. We just had, hey, much better. Hey, you can't be like Squally Canada, like checking out <laughs> and then getting the game. You got to talk about it. Get some legit oh, reps. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout? Uh, Colton Shaver deserves the Rise and Shout. The Cape Cod League Player of the Week. The day before, we were talking about Jacob Brugman, the PCL Player of the Week. Cold Shaver batted 750. Well done. 
Our elite tweet of the day answering what new uniform combination would you create for BYU's 2016 season at Board R8901 says anything but the bibs. They were the worst. That is the truth. Thanks to Kaipo McGuire, Squally Canada, Preston Jenkins, and everyone on our crew. Hey, Kaipo McGuire, number 80, 80 days away. I mentioned that. Yeah. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes for Jerem. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Chris Ellison. Good safety.